Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Here we are, the first working day of Obama's second term. And now that the speech is done, it's all over, but the paying for it. The Obama economy on the broadcast today from American Public Media. This is Marketplace. Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 22nd of January. Good as always to have you with us, everybody. You know, there was a stretch back early in President Obama's first term, a couple of months, maybe 100 days or so, where he and his administration could say, and they did, hey, this isn't my economy. Do you see what the last guy left me with? Now, of course, it's an all-Obama show, and how the president handles the Obama economy would seem to be a looming challenge for the next four years. Marketplace's Dan Bobkoff gets us going today. Four years ago, the president could legitimately say he inherited a mess. Unemployment was about to hit 10%. The auto industry was on the verge of collapse. Don't get me started on real estate. And the stock markets were in free fall. Well, now it's 2013, and President Obama is inheriting his own economy. How does it look? It's underperforming. That's Republican economist Douglas Holtz-Aiken of the American Action Forum. How about Michael Linden of the left-leaning Center for American Progress? He still has to deal with some of the hangover effects from the enormous recession. And Joe Minarek of the Nonpartisan Committee for Economic Development. We are beginning to see an acceleration in the economy. Now the unemployment rate is below 8%. The auto industry is back. Home sales in the stock market are near five-year highs. But Minarek says Obama's first term was defined by short-term economic policies. I think that was one of the worst aspects of our budgetary situation. Just today at a House committee hearing, MIT economics professor Simon Johnson suggested that lawmakers were holding the economy hostage. He urged them to raise the debt ceiling now or else. You will continue to undermine the private sector. You will continue to delay investment and to reduce employment. Linden of the Center for American Progress says this is all tied to Obama's promise to strengthen the middle class. Unemployment is still, is still high, although it is coming down. Uh, inequality is rising. But Holt Aiken says the debt is the number one issue. Countries with debts as large as ours, he says. Grow more slowly and face a greater risk of crisis. And we haven't even mentioned the fragile global economy. So, Mr. President, good luck on term number two. In New York, I'm Dan Bobkoff for Marketplace. The president's address yesterday has by now been thoroughly dissected, language, tone, and content. So, on to other matters, like what everybody was wearing. The Obama women, fair or not, all three of them, and how their inaugural style choices might trickle down market. As we usually do when we want to talk fashion, we've called fashion writer Kate Betts. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm good, Kai. How are you? I'm good. So listen, we'll get to the first lady in a minute, but but my reading of the fashion press this morning, such as it is, is that Sasha and Malia are the new, new thing with those coats and the dresses, Well, it's funny because I was thinking that when I saw her come out of the car to go to the church and she was wearing this sort of darker, more somber outfit and the two girls were in those brilliant colors. And I thought, oh, maybe this is the first lady's way of saying, okay, now it's all about the next generation, you know? Do you actually think Mrs. Obama thinks about this stuff when she chooses designers and, and all that for the high-profile events that she does? 
Well, I do, because I think that every um, political image is thought about carefully. And I think especially in these big moments where the whole world is watching, I think she's thinking very carefully about it. You know, mostly I think, I hope she's thinking carefully about it for the fashion business because it gives the American fashion business such a big boost. Well, let's get down to brass tacks here. And I want to stick with the girls for a second because that's kind of the thing that's all buzzy out there. Kate Spade and J. Crew, are they now going to sell more stuff because an 11 and a 14-year-old girl wore it uh, on Inauguration Day? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yes, in fact, I can probably guarantee that. Is that where we are now? Yeah, that's where we are. But I think that's where we've always been. I mean, if you look at first ladies going all the way back to, you know, Francis Cleveland, people were cutting their hair the way she cut her hair and wearing things that she wore and buying products that she bought. I mean, the first lady has always had that kind of power. Yeah, so first ladies I get, right? I mean, that makes sense. But we're talking about about teenagers here. I mean, what's that about? You mean in terms of...